One, two, is this on? <laughs> Yo, Jimmy hit me with that triple H. So you are listening to and watching on Facebook Live the Jake is the Worst podcast, and this is episode five, November seventh, two thousand seventeen. I guess uh, you're supposed to vote today. Uh, I didn't. I will be watching the ESPN thirty for thirty Ric Flair, the Nature Boy. Uh, special documentary uh, this evening. I'm really pumped for that. I haven't stopped thinking about it all day. Um, it should be awesome. I hope this damn thing's recording. All right. It looks like it does, uh, or it looks like it is. So pumped about that. Should be awesome. Uh, I'll get to that in just a little bit. Um, so I'm trying to watch this. So I'm, I'm recording this to put on iTunes, to put out, uh, you know, in podcast format, but I'm also doing it on Facebook Live. I'm giving this a shot. We'll see how it works. Um, sounds like people hate me so far uh, based on the texts uh, that are coming in or messages. That said, where are we going to start? The Detroit Lions, 4-4. Four and four. Um, A nice win yesterday on Monday Night Football. Um, I was thrilled. I, I was happy that they, they pulled it out. 30-17. Uh, to 17. Look, the first thing people are saying is that <laughs> the first thing people are saying is that the Lions didn't beat the Packers with Aaron Rodgers. They didn't beat the Packers with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers wasn't playing. But for 26 years or the last 26 years, the Packers have had to play the Lions with inferior quarterbacks. So I don't really care. I can't stop looking at the comments on Facebook, so it's throwing me off while I'm trying to record this. So let's regroup here. The Lions played the Packers without Aaron Rodgers, and Aaron Rodgers wasn't playing. We can't help that, okay? We had to go in there and win that game. That game was a must-win game for the Lions, and they won it. Stafford was awesome, threw for a bunch of yards, some touchdowns. The running game sucks. The running game is a problem. Jim Bob Cooter has no idea what he's doing when he's inside the five-yard line uh, with that team. I don't know what the Dwayne Washington thing's all about. Amir Abdullah was dropping the ball left and right. Uh, two fumbles. I, I mean, it drives me nuts. I said this on the last podcast. When that trade, w- trade deadline happened, Jay Ajayi was a player that was traded for a fourth-round pick. If you watch the games on Sunday, what Jay Ajayi did for the, uh, for the Philadelphia Eagles was, my God, something I don't think we've seen a Lions player do since the only, like the one game that stands out from a running back is that Joyke Bell, or not Joyke Bell, oh God, I can't even remember the guy's name anymore, um, Javid Best, that Monday Night Football Javid Best game um, against the, uh, I believe it was the Bears in 2011. That's the last game that stands out, and uh, it's it just sucks. The running game sucks, and the fact that the Lions didn't make some sort of trade for... I mean, look, if Ajay went for a fourth-round pick, I'd give a, a third-round pick gladly for the guy because he's a guy that can play. He's a guy that can do things with the ball. He can catch. He can run. He broke, I believe, a huge run for about 47, 60 yards or something like that on Sunday. 
Um, the Lions need to fix that. They're not going to go far if they don't have the ability to get the ball in the end zone when they're at the four-yard line. Um, but the thing is, look, the Lions got that win out of the way. Rodgers didn't play. Doesn't matter because for 26 years, the Packers got to play us with inferior quarterbacks and inferior teams. We went in there. We handled business 30-17. to 17, And, yeah, I say we. I still think, okay, I don't know if the Lions are going to win the Super Bowl. I hope they do. That said, this division is ours. You look at that schedule, and they don't play anybody worth mention, with the exception of Minnesota, at home on Thanksgiving. Um, <clears throat> we have, over the next couple games here, Cleveland at home. That's a win. On the road in Chicago, they're terrible. That should be a win. Minnesota, Thanksgiving, in Detroit, should be a win. Also, a chance to take Minnesota out. And if you look at Minnesota's schedule, it gets tough. Um, Baltimore sucks. We're there. Tampa sucks. We're there. Um, Chicago comes to Detroit. Should definitely be a win. You go to Cincinnati, and then you close out the season at home against Green Bay. I'm not going to say that the Lions are going to win the next eight games, but they're probably going to win the next eight games. Um, so it was a good win. Stafford looked good. Um, Marvin Jones is playing well. I'd love to see Kenny Galladay get out there. Um, Golden Tate's the man. The guy's excellent. Hopefully Taylor Decker will be back in the next couple of weeks. Um, so, you know, look, the Lions are in position to win this division still. They still have a chance. Jim Bob Cooter, I, I, I don't know about the guy. I thought yesterday he, he called some good stuff. I thought they had a, a diverse offense, um, a couple different nice plays. But again, in that 5 to 10 yard line range, I mean, we just can't do anything. And we're showing exactly what we're going to do. And, it, you, you know, you wonder why Stafford can't, they can't get the ball in because everybody knows they're going to throw the ball. Uh, <clears throat> that said, uh, you know, the Lions, the Lions have this, okay? And they have a chance to win. I, I think they have a quality enough team, a good enough team, to, to win a playoff game. Look, I don't think they're going to win the Super Bowl anymore. That one's probably out of the question. But there is a lot of parity in the NFL. And who's good? Who is a really good team in the NFL? Um, do you want to say the Seahawks? Because we saw that fall apart. Um, you know, the Seahawks, the Patriots... You know, there's the the Eagles are probably the best team right now in the NFL. The Chiefs, yeah. The Lions have a chance to win this division. They have a chance to win a playoff game, and if they do that, that's a success. Plain and simple, a success for this team. They need to figure out uh, the running back situation for next season ASAP. Um, that said, I want to talk about the hottest team in Detroit. That's your 7-3 and three Detroit Pistons. Now, last episode I said I, I was going to kind of delve into some of the stuff and, and the, the bitching and, and, and stuff with the new arena, and I'm going to get into that later on. I want to do that when it's simply just a podcast about uh, the Pistons. Uh, but the Pistons are 7-3, and three, and they have one of the best records in the NBA. They're second in the East. They've had a really good road win uh, against the Clippers who have seemingly kind of fallen off the face of the earth. They've had a 
really amazing win against the Golden State Warriors. And, you know, whether or not the Warriors are all the way where they're supposed to be yet, it doesn't matter. A road win against the Warriors is a road win against the Warriors. Any win against the Warriors is, is an amazing win. Uh, they don't lose often. So the Pistons are 7-3. and three. They've beat some good teams. They've beat some crappy teams. They've lost to some crappy teams. They've lost to the Lakers. Uh, <clears throat> The key for the Pistons right now is Andre Drummond. Uh, I've, like many Pistons fans and, and many people, think that Drummond can't stay on the court. He can't play defense. He's not engaged. He's not a franchise player. He's making franchise player money. Um, and the contract's untradeable. They've tried to trade him. They, they couldn't trade him. Nobody wanted the guy. But... Here's where Andre Drummond has made the change. Of course, if you've been paying any attention, you know it's at the free throw line. Andre Drummond is averaging 14 points. That's about par for him. He's averaging 14.7 rebounds. About par for him. His PER is 25. That's really good. Uh, anything above 21 is, is awesome. Uh, he's averaging a block per game. And he's averaging two steals per game, 2.1. The guy's sixth in the league in steals, so he's making some plays on defense. He's getting there. He still needs to be a better rim protector, but he's had, like I said in the last podcast, he's had some blocks down the stretch that have been pretty impressive. Um, and plays we're not used to seeing from Andre Drummond. So the key, though, with Andre, 75% from the free throw line. On Friday night against Milwaukee, he went 14 of 16 from the line. That's the most free throws he's ever had in a game. He hit 13 before on 36 attempts. Uh, you know, I believe it was last year uh, when they were doing the hack of Andre uh, defense. Uh, Andre, 75%. He's a career 38% free throw shooter. This is unheard of, okay? If he finishes the season at 60%, it's, it's colossal. And right now he's at 75%, and it's helping this team. Avery Bradley has been a difference maker. He's improved uh, the defense of this team, I think. There's a feistiness. He's a leader. Once his shooting numbers get up, which I think they will, um, we should expect to, you know, to see that backcourt especially develop further because I do think Reggie will continue to get better as the season goes on. And look, there was a rumor that Eric Bledsoe might be coming to town for Reggie Jackson. I don't think Andre, I don't think Reggie are, are tradable players at this point. And yeah, maybe there's that chance that we start winning a bunch of games. They look pretty good. And maybe we just blow it up and move them while we can. I wouldn't be against that. But if we can win these games in this horrible Eastern Conference, and if the Pistons can somehow get the three seed in the East, are you going to not do it? Are you going to tank to get a better draft pick? I get that concept, but right now the Pistons look like a pretty good team. Tobias Harris, Avery Bradley, all playing great. Drummond has played awesome, and he's reached a level in a sense that I never thought he would be at. It's, it's unfathomable that this dude is shooting 75% from the free throw line right now. Um, <clears throat> but seven and three is, is, is nothing to, to not, you know, be excited about because it's the best record this team has had to start the season uh, in, in about eight or nine years. 
The, the Pistons, you know, have a, a pretty easy schedule coming up over the next 10 games. I, they really have a chance to to stretch this and start the first quarter of the season in, uh, you know, in, in a fashion that I don't think any of us really saw coming. The one thing I had said, and, and a lot of people, well, at least me, I had no idea how to gauge this team. I didn't know where they were going to be, uh, you know, 30. They could have won 40 games. They could have won 30. I, it, there was no definitive way to define this team and you hope that you know Stan Van Gundy continues to to work with these guys make these guys better and and maybe they make that leap we know Stan has the ability to wear on players we've seen that um it looked like it was happening last year it, it was happening last year but uh you know outside the jerk off owner and outside the incredibly poor attendance uh there's a lot to like with the Pistons right now. And I know a lot of people don't think they're for real, but I do. Um, now, are they going to, uh, to you know, be in the Eastern Conference Finals? I wouldn't put your money on that. Um, but I do think they have a chance to be one of the better teams in the Eastern Conference. And, um, look, they just they have to improve. They have to keep taking these steps. You hope Stanley Johnson can continue to grow. He's getting the minutes to do so. He's playing pretty good defense. He's got to shoot the ball better. Uh, but plenty to like with the Pistons. Now, this is not a transition at all, but I'm going to talk about something that I discovered. And I discovered this a couple months ago. I have not uh, been eating that well over the last year and a half or so, and I've gained some weight. Um, I bought these pants about a year about a year ago, a little less than a year ago, from Kohl's. They're a nice slack for work. I bought two colors. They're made by Hacky or Hacky. They're made by Hagger. And they're a flat front khaki, no iron necessary. And back in the uh, early spring, I was sitting in my car and got up and noticed, oh no. I have a tear in the crotch. I was caught off guard. And I was like, well, it's got to be maybe when I move, you know, to get out of my car or something like that. I didn't want to tell myself that I was ripping the pants because I'd gained weight. So I went to the store and I just brought them into Kohl's and I asked them, hey, uh, I, I bought these pants a couple months ago. You know, they're a good brand. I've never had an issue with this before. And they just kind of ripped right in the, in the middle, right in the crotch. And they took them back. They let me get another pair. I stuck with the same size. And then the other pair ripped, the other color. So I took those back and realized maybe I should jump up a size. So I did that. Then the pair of the old size of the first pair that I returned, the khaki color, they ripped. So I went up. Now both pants are the size up. They ripped again. I took them back again. I no receipt. I make up a story. My mom got me these and I don't have the receipt and they just don't fit. Uh, or I don't know. I don't say I don't say they don't fit. Uh, they just ripped. I don't know what happened because now I'm into the size that I think I should be wearing and I'm not going any higher than that size. I have to bring my size down. Uh, and that's a personal thing. So this week, after already returning these pair, this one pair of pants twice, 
I noticed, or last week, I noticed there was a rip in the crotch. I took them back tonight, third time. This is like a membership. This is better than um, Netflix. This is better than the, the Razor membership. This is better than any of those other things that send you all the crap you need every month. I bought these Hagger pants a year ago, and no matter what size I get, and no matter what I do to them when I rip them, I go in there, I make up a story, say I don't have them, say I've been wearing them for maybe a month, Coles gives me another pair, swaps it out, and I just keep riding these babies off into the sunset. Then, what I can do, if I do, ever lose the weight, need to drop back down, and I'm not saying that I should do this again, but I don't want to spend 55 bucks on a pair of pants, you can go back, Tell them, hey, my mom bought me these. I didn't want to say anything. They're a little big. I didn't want to hurt her feelings. You know, can I get a size down? Because I did that the one time I went a size up. This works like a charm. I don't know if anyone's ever done this. I don't know if I'm a scumbag for doing this. But I do know that where I should be going to the gym and not being such a disgusting pig I can just get out of it and just keep returning these pants that keep ripping because my fat ass doesn't fit in them. So, moral of the story, shop at Kohl's, buy the Hagger pants, and uh, eat as you please. So, uh, two things, two more things we're going to talk about here. I'm just trying to bust out something a little quick. I apologize. This is all over the place. I'm, I'm trying to adapt to recording the podcast and then also doing it on Facebook Live um, and trying to like look at Facebook Live, it, it's, it's hard, guys, okay? And I'm not saying I have ADD. I, I really don't know what I have. But uh, a couple things. The Ric Flair documentary is tonight. If you're a wrestling fan or not, I think you should watch this. It's going to be on ESPN. It's at 10 o'clock, and uh, it's a 30 for 30. Obviously, all those 30 for 30s are excellent. Um, they're well done. And look, there is nobody, I don't care if you're a wrestling fan, there is nobody that is more interesting, more insane, just more wild and crazy than Ric Flair. The dude is a rock star, but he's also a wrestler. And he's a dude that has sold the business, sold being a wrestler since day one. There's no, there's no line with Ric Flair. I am a wrestler. I am a rock star. I am the guy that you're your woman wants to be with. I am the guy who is the man. And to be the man, woo, you got to beat the man. And that is Ric Flair. This is going to be awesome. Bill Burr was talking about it on his podcast. He got to see it early. He said Ric Flair kills. It's hilarious. It's insane. I'm sure I'll cry at some point. But check this out. I can't wait to talk about it once it airs. Ric Flair is on the Mount Rushmore of wrestling. Uh, you know, you know Hulk Hogan, he's the biggest star. You know The Rock, he's right there. Then you got Stone Cold Steve Austin, but Ric Flair's right in there too, along with, of course, like guys like the Macho Man Randy Savage. Uh, but Flair is wrestling, plain and simple. Uh, so I definitely recommend it. I can't wait to watch it. Um, it should be awesome. Two more things I'm going to talk about. Have you guys played or seen, or I just feel like a lot of people still don't know about it, but the Nintendo Switch. It is the most incredible video game system. Um, it's just, it's awesome. It's this handheld device, like this, that you can play wherever you go, and then you can plug it into your TV, pop the controllers off the side, and play sitting on your couch right on your TV. And why I bring this up, 
I ditched the Xbox. I stopped with Xbox. I'm sick of the updates. It takes forever for these stupid-ass games to update, the system to update. Every time I turned it on, it'd have to update, and I'd never get to play. It'd take it 45 minutes, an hour to update. Um, this system is awesome, and I bought it. I sold my Xbox. I couldn't be happier with it. The NBA game is fantastic. NBA 2K, I, I mean, it's, it's on par with the other systems, and you can take it wherever you go. But the big one, of course, Mario Kart, Zelda, both awesome. But this Mario Odyssey game that came out is the most fun I've had playing a video game in a decade since Gears of War 2 on Xbox. I don't game like I used to. I just don't play that much. And I've had so much fun playing this game over the last week and a half. I'm obsessed. I, 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 I'm having, it's just, it's awesome. So, you know, the game has incredible, perfect scores everywhere. And it gives me that feeling of a Mario 64 when that came out on, uh, on Nintendo 64, the first game you played, the first time you played N64. And it, it, it's just an awesome video game. Mario is the king. It, plain and simple, Mario is the king of video games. And it's so great to have this awesome Mario platform game uh, once again. And, you know, at 34 years old, I'm having the time of my life and reliving some of those great memories I had playing Mario games. Uh, the game has 2D elements like the old games. It has callbacks to that. It's 3D. There's all this different stuff that you can do. It's wild. It's really cool. Mario Odyssey on the Nintendo Switch. Like I said, I don't play video games much anymore, and I'm loving this. It's so fun. I cannot wait to stop doing this and go to the couch and start playing Mar Mario Odyssey. And it's great because on the Nintendo Switch, you can have the TV going, and then you can play the thing in your hands. So you can watch whatever in the background, and, and or your lady can watch your stupid Real Housewives, and you can play Mario. So check that out. I, the Switch is like 300 bucks. Uh, Black Friday is coming up. Not to do promotions for Nintendo, but like, don't get an Xbox or a PS4 or whatever. G get the Nintendo Switch. It's freaking awesome. Mario Odyssey. Uh, Mario Odyssey, the Mario Kart uh, 8, the Zelda game, and the NBA game. And I promise you'll be all set. You'll be so happy. But Mario Odyssey for sure. It's just awesome. Last thing I'm going to do, and this is more for the visual. I got this box, a Skybox. 1990-91 basketball cards. I'm opening it up. It's 27 years old. I'm going to open one pack. And I'm going to try to just kind of see what players we get. Oh, God, this box is like sealed tight. These packs were so nice. So I don't know if this is going to work for the podcast medium. I don't really care. If it bombs, we can do something later. I can figure something out. But I want to do one pack. And then maybe tell stories or a story about a player that I get out of that pack. So here's the pack right here for those watching online, those listening. Uh, it is a Series 1. There's 15 cards in the pack. This is the first year they made Skybox basketball cards. Um, and these things were so cool back then. They, were, they just were so high quality. The graphics were cool. Um, you know, there wasn't background stuff from the court. It was just the player and their action shot with graphics behind them. And uh, the first card here, and these are not going to be worth anything. Like, they're, they're worthless at this point. Paul Mokeski of the Cavs. Charles Barkley. We all know Charles Barkley in that Sixers. Rex Chapman. Now, Rex Chapman 
Um, for those who don't know, hit an amazing shot back in the playoffs and I believe like 1996. This is when he was on the Hornets, but he hit that shot when he was uh, on the Phoenix Suns. Since then, Rex Chapman has been arrested for stealing a bunch of MacBooks or iPads uh, from an Apple store. He like set up a whole sting to like, or a whole operation to steal a bunch of stuff from the Apple store. So apparently Rex Chapman didn't save his money. These cards are bent to shit on the corners. They are not in good uh, condition. John Long. Uh-oh, the music's hitting. How do you do that? How do I stop that? Uh-oh, I screwed that up. Whoops. All right, we're still going here. Whoops, I messed that up. All right, so <laughs> uh, John Long does a lot of broadcasting in Detroit, does a lot of stuff with the Pistons, still around. Jerome Lane, don't remember him. Nate McMillan, we all know Nate McMillan. Terry Teagle, Sam Perkins, Scott Hafner, I don't remember that guy. Charles Oakley, Tyrone Corbin, he's a ref now. Um, Rodney McRae, Derek McKee, Frank Cornette, no idea who he is, and then the great... Moses Malone, uh, an incredible, incredible player. Um, and Moses Malone died. I think he died last year. Pretty sure Moses Malone is dead. I don't want to end the podcast before uh, saying Moses Malone isn't dead. But, yeah, I think Moses Malone died last year. Wow, two years ago. Uh, I was off. I apologize. But Moses Malone, I mean, that is a guy. If you don't know Moses Malone and, and know what he did, I mean, one of the first guys – or the first guy really out of high school um, back in the 70s. And <clears throat> just a monster on the boards, a monster score, just a complete superstar. But, uh, but anyways, um, and just a badass. Moses Malone was a badass. Um, so I don't think the card thing worked that well. Um, I give the Rex Chapman fact. I hope you enjoyed that. I wanted to try it. I wanted to give it a shot. Uh, so here's episode five. That's it. Um, and I can't wait for this Ric Flair thing tonight. Hope you watch it too. Uh, uh, sad news in the sports world. Uh, rest in peace to Roy Halladay. I, I feel bad if I didn't say anything. Tragic story in, in a plane crash, 40 years old, two-time Cy Young winner. Dude won a lot of baseball games and, and, and probably, I would assume, has a really good shot at, at getting into the Hall of Fame. Uh, so tragic. Played with the uh, the... Blue Jays and the Phillies, um, and uh, he was a good player, great player. Uh, but that's it. I hope you uh, somewhat enjoyed this. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but that's episode five uh, for the Jake is the Worst podcast. Thanks for uh, tuning in on Facebook Live. Thanks for listening in, and I will uh, talk to you guys soon. Suck it. <laughs>